And so that's what I tell myself every time you have to find, yes, injuries will take a huge toll on your mental health, but that is only if you focus on the negative and it will take a toll on your mental health, no matter what, don't get me wrong, but it will really help if you start to change your mindset into this sucks into what can I get out of this? Be selfish in your injury. What can you get out of it? You know? Welcome to Not A 10 Podcast with Mary Griffin. Uh, we are back again. Sorry for the little break, but today I'm really excited about my guest. You all have heard of her if you play lacrosse, are involved in the lacrosse world. Um, it is Morgan Alexander, who is a Syracuse lacrosse alum from New York. And Morgan has actually suffered many, many knee injuries and other injuries as well, totaling a five um, knee surgeries. And Morgan is the prime example of taking something bad that's happened to you and kind of doing something good for the rest of the world. And as Morgan is a huge advocate for mental health and has actually founded her own clothing brand called The Pursuit of Positivity, which revolves around the ending the stigma surrounding mental health. So Morgan, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited too. Yeah, this is going to be a great one. You guys are going to learn so much, so much wisdom. Um, so let's just like get right into it. Morgan, do you want to give us a little bit of background of who you are, where you grew up, kind of where lacrosse came into your life? Yeah, so I'm from upstate New York, like about 30 minutes from Canada, actually. So I'm pretty up north. Um, lacrosse from my town uh, now has gotten bigger, but back when I played, it wasn't that big. And I was the first like big division one athlete to come out of my school. So I was like the first to take it really seriously. Um, and, and then after going to South Jefferson High School, I attended Syracuse. I chose Syracuse. Um, I was recruited by a couple other schools, uh, Notre Dame and Syracuse were my top two. And I decided on an SU because of their sports broadcasting program, which is what I wanted to do because my parents always taught me school comes first, lacrosse comes second. So it ended up being a win-win, a great program and a great school. So it was a good fit for me. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're into sports broadcasting. I mean, we just talked about it, but maybe one day we'll work together. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be super fun. Um, that's awesome. And like, totally agree with the lacrosse. I mean, school first, lacrosse second. Like, you got to pick somewhere that at the end of the day, you're going to have a nice piece of paper and then really have a good like uh, foundation of education. Um, so let's just get into your injury story. I'm sure like, told this a lot of times, but just give us the rundown of what your injuries have looked like, um, over your whole college career. Yeah. So this is actually, um, I'm going to probably talk about some things I have never really told people, um, until today, uh, cause mostly everyone talks about my knees, my knees, whatever, but there has been other injuries that have been, um, kind of hard on me personally and through a tough time. So for starters, I was never hurt in high school ever, like literally ever. And if you saw me, I'm like six foot kind of lanky. So you probably assume that I would, you know, I'm thin. I probably would have gotten hurt, but no, I really never did. And I got to college my freshman year and in fall, I tweaked my knee. Um, I decided we think now it was partially torn, but we, we are just speculating. Um, but I ended up voluntarily redshirting that year. 
and I worked out really hard, got like as strong as my body could came in my sophomore year, um, ready to go. I mean, like it really stunk coming out of high school, redshirting. I was, you know, not what I had planned on doing. So I was mentally just like, Oh, are you kidding me? So then I got to my sophomore year, I'm like, let's go. And then it was the week we were playing Boston college. It was our season opener and it was Wednesday. We played Saturday and I tore my ACL, MCL, lateral, medial meniscus and dislocated my kneecap and had a huge bone dent. So in that moment, they thought I broke my leg. So they put a uh, ring jacket over my leg so that no one could see it because it was so gross. Like it was looked horrible. And so they rushed me to the emergency room um and like I'm like sitting in there and they're like what color cast do you want I'm like orange you know like all I try to be is like positive at least you're spirited for Syracuse during it (laughs) you're like orange um and then they come out and they're like because they did an x-ray because they were for sure it was like a broken leg and they're like uh it's not broken which at the time breaking my leg would have been way better than the rest of the ligaments tearing because that is just a whole longer process. So I'm like, okay. So then the next day I had to go and get the MRI and then we realized that everything had torn and it was so bad that I went to New York city and had uh, the New York giant surgeon do my knee because he had to put in a partial fake kneecap. And we kind of had talked um, to my trainer. We weren't really sure if I'd ever play again, cause it was kind of that bad, but I was like, no, no, it'll be fine. Um, cause you hear ACLs and you see people come back and you're like, I can do that. But mine was on the more extreme end of things. It wasn't a normal ACL. And I didn't really realize that at first I thought, I thought everybody's was like this and it really wasn't. So then my junior year came around. I thought I had rehabbed well and I was ready to play come season. We went down to Florida and had spring training and I had just started getting back into it. Um, doing some like, you know, shuttles. And then I started doing full contact. And then I remember just planting really hard off my right knee again. And I felt like this like pull kind of thing. And I was like, that's not right. But maybe is it right? Because I don't know what's going to feel normal. It's It was really swollen. And I had retorn my lateral meniscus, which made me have to go back in for surgery. So I was out the rest of the year. And then so that was my junior year. I sat out. So sophomore, freshman, sophomore, junior sat out. Senior year comes along. I rehabbed all summer. And I was like, all right, I can play fall ball. This is awesome. Like, here we go. I start to play. And I, I played for, I think, two weeks. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, something happened. Like, something happened. Like, my knee, it tweaked. I don't know what it was. It was so swollen. I went in and lateral and medial meniscus were torn. And then they had to, the groove where my ACL was sitting, something happened to it and it was like rubbing against a bone. So they had to carve it out kind of or something. So I had that surgery done. So then after that, I met with my surgeon. He's like, I'm going to be honest with you, Morgan. I think you should medically disqualify. Like, I really don't think that there's really any point of you keep going because at this point, like you're, I mean, I don't know if you'll ever play again. So I looked at him and I said, okay, I just want you to give me one more chance. I was like, that's it. Like I'm, if I swell up, if I'm whatever, just that you can pull me. So he said, fine. And, um, the season came around my senior year and I played, I played a lot. Um, and did really well. I started off being the last lefty attacker to be subbed in. Cause I hadn't played in three years. And I'm like, well, this stinks. Cause like I knew my potential and I knew how good I was, but I'm like, I, I can't expect to be put somewhere that I haven't shown. By the end of preseason, I got moved up to like the top, one of the top ones. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like I finally got into it. Did I think I'd ever be the player that I was? 
no, but I can honestly say I was better because I had a greater appreciation. So I thought that I think that that's what made me play better that season. So I played really well, but if anyone has watched me play every time I shoot the ball, I fall like every time I shoot the ball, I fall. So then I ended up having another surgery at the end of that year because which the surgeon said, that's fine. He's like, you know what? Like, this is something that, you know, it, wa- it wasn't like you were tearing something. Like I had to get microfracture surgery done because pieces of the bone were chipping off every time I fell. So, which is that, so they drill holes in the bone to get blood flow to it. So I did that surgery and, um, was fine. I, I was fine. I came back in my fifth year. I ended up taking my fifth year to do sports broadcasting. Um, I was playing all fall ball. Um, we had one fall ball tournament. I broke my nose in that fall. So I was like, okay, here I am going under for another surgery. And I remember seeing my, uh, knee surgeon in there and he looks at me and he's like are you kidding me right now as my nose is like crooked I'm like yeah no I have to get nose surgery I broke it like I couldn't believe it I'm like are you kidding me like and I was in sports broadcasting I had to wear a nose cast like it was just embarrassing but I was like whatever so that happened I healed my nose (laughs) and then uh played all fall it went great um season came along um, and that was COVID year, but I played the, I played the first four games was playing really well. Um, we played Northwestern that weekend and in practice, I stepped and tore my left ACL, which was one that had never been hurt. <laughs> so, uh, I can honestly say that was probably the hardest one for me because I thought to myself after the first four, how could anything else happen? That's kind of where my mind was. That was like, this can't be real life. Like I just went through all of that. And now I'm here again. And like, I didn't know. I was like, this is, thank God it was only ACL and that was it and a little miscus, but like, it wasn't like the other one, but I, and then COVID hit. So I did all my therapy by myself. I had surgery right before we shut down. So I didn't have any ice, nothing. I literally did it all by myself. My dad built like out of wood, like a step up machine for my basement because like I needed it for rehab and I didn't see a therapist for six months, which is when some people get cleared. So I just really grinded on my own and, you know, it really, it was hard. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because a lot of times through injuries, you want people to be there supporting you, like, or even having someone to talk to. And in reality, it was just me by myself every single day. So that was really hard. And so I rehabbed all summer and I decided I'm going to come back for my sixth year. I was like, I'm going to come back because I want to go out on my own terms. At that point, I wasn't really focused on like how I would play. I was more focused on like, I just wanted to come back. Like, so I did that. And then, uh, this thing I really told a lot of people about over the summer, I was rehabbing and it, it was about August and I found a lump in my back and I had to go in and get surgery cause they were afraid it would be cancerous. So then I had a really big mental breakdown, just like, I was like, could life like, you know, ever, you know, go my way. Like, and it's horrible to have that attitude. And I'm preached not having that attitude, but it was so hard in the moment because I was like, really like I have to go into this surgery now and I really didn't even tell most of my teammates about it or really anyone I just kind of did it and kept it on the DL and um people noticed it when I was at practice because I had my penny on in the fall and they're like what is that big scar in your back I'm like oh yeah I had surgery um over the uh summer which was tough I mean that was tough I mean I was coming back from my knee and that mental health and then this and I'm like thank God it ended up being benign and I was okay, but it was so hard in the waiting process that you don't know. And you, you just, it's a lot of emotion. So 
then I came back for my sixth year and I actually played a lot. And um, by the end of the year, um, my knee kind of flared up again when we hit ACCs and NCAA. So I kind of just dialed it down a little bit because I was like, I have to get a job in a couple months, so I cannot get hurt again. And I, but I did have a great year and um, I'm super grateful for that. So that's just kind of the rundown in a long but short for me way to describe it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack um, right there. So, I mean, the anxiety of like, just, I, I totally relate to the sense of like, ugh, like how much more can a girl take? Like actually. And like the first like four, you're like, okay, it's good. First three, you're like, I, I can do this. Like it's, I can push through it. But then like, if you get to a point and you're just like, I don't like what else like come on universe come on world like can the give a girl a break like there was definitely going to be a breakdown at one point and honestly like you held off pretty long which is impressive um so you mentioned how the fourth one was the hardest one so what was kind of your mindset with the second and third surgery were you just like okay like we're gonna get it done like it's gonna be great um where was that perspective from um, I think a lot of it came from not have having the ability to touch the field yet. I think when I started playing, you know, it, it, in college, it's just different. Like I, on my last ACL, I had that taste. I was playing well. I was on the field. I had all of those experiences and then I got them right for me. I think um, for the first three, I really had nothing to prove. It was kind of just like, Morgan, you can either bust your butt and come back or you don't. People aren't going to look at you no matter what. They know your circumstances. So, and for me, I was like, well, no, I'm not giving up. Like, this is my passion. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, I am going to do this. And never in my mind did I ever think I would come back and not be a good player. Meaning I didn't think, like, there's times I was like, oh, I wonder how I'm going to play now because I used to do this a lot. But I never thought of myself as a a weaker player because of it. And um, until I tore my my second, my other one because I was like oh my gosh this one has so much trauma to it I kind of relied on the other one just to be like okay you're my saving grace and I'm like how like those were all the emotions that I was going through and it was definitely tough I mean my right knee is still not great I mean that's the one I had pain in the left one that I just had done no pain so it was kind of like where what knee do I wear the brace on like if anyone watched I was like switching it every game because I did not know what to do I was a little overwhelmed but I think for the first couple surgeries it was just nothing to prove. I want to get out there. This is my passion. I'm going to prove people wrong. And by the, the, you know, my second ACL, I was like, oh my goodness, I did do that already. And now I got to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. I mean, I also really want to highlight that you rehabbed by yourself in COVID in a pandemic. Um, I mean, props to you, but you, it was a mental struggle. So what would you do when you had those days where you're like, I just can't, I just can't do this anymore. Like, or like, we're really in like a down, down, um, fall downward spiral. Like, how did you kind of like get up from that? Like, did you remind yourself of good things or what was the perspective like there? Yeah, I'm very religious. So I think that that was something that really helped me. Um, I mean, everyone has their own thing. Um, and not saying that this is the best way ever, but for me, it worked. I have a Bible journal. I would journal all the time. I would read books, um, Drew Brees book coming back stronger was one of my favorite books to read during the time because he had gone through similar things like he had tore his ACL in high school which not many people know um, but then he had that everyone's like oh, I remember him for his shoulder injury I'm like exactly you don't know people's life process and how he got to where he is I didn't even know that you know like it just shows that people it may look good from the outside but looking at what people have gone through like it's never as clean cut as it seems 
Um, and that was like, the biggest thing for me. It was like, like learning off other people's experiences was super helpful. So I think that that's where I wanted to be an outlet for people. And I, I started um, my own Morgan's Mindset page, which is all my ACL workouts and how I was recovering because a lot of girls were like really interested in that. And I was like, oh, like people actually want to know about this. Okay, cool. Um, and now I transferred that over into a different uh, page because I'm done playing, but I really um, influenced a lot of people that I didn't even know. I remember um, Coach Halfpenny, uh, she was talking to me like a month or two ago and she was like, I sent my Notre Dame girls to that page. And I'm like, it's things like that that you don't know, people know. And it's just amazing to know that if you keep this attitude and positive mindset that you can inspire others. And that's how people inspired me. And um, that, that was what was kind of cool about that is like, I look to others just as others are looking to me now, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, like channeling that energy into something like positive and like useful for other people is like, honestly, like helpful for you as well. Like it was an outlet for you, but it's also an outlet for other people. I mean, that's such a cool thing. And like, oh, like I love that. And I'm, I know like you helped so many people and like still continue to this day to help them. Um, So that's just like an awesome perspective to have and like a healthy balance between like, all right, it's going to be hard but like, this is what I can do with this and like help others and like channel that somewhere else. Um, so I really want to dive into kind of the mental health side of injury. So I know you're really, really passionate about mental health. Did, do you think this passion started when you got injured or were you always like had this background of um, being really interested in advocate for mental health? Or do you think it really started as you started um, getting injured? I think it took off when I got injured. I think I did have a little bit of an interest in it. I think the best way to describe this is when I was in high school, I was like, su- I, I've always been super hard on myself. Like I've always like, I've taught myself <laughs> this way. Is like, if you're going to do something, why not try to be the best that you can at it? Like, what's the point of doing something if you're not going to try to meet your ultimate success? So in high school, like I really would beat myself up a lot. And I started, I remember I went to the doctors cause I was like, mom, I can't breathe. Like I was like, mom, there's something wrong with me. Like I actually thought there was something wrong with my lungs. So we went in and got all these tests done and the uh, nurse comes back. She's like, I think you have anxiety. And I remember looking at her and being like, okay, that is dumb. Give me what I really have. Like, give me medicine, something that's going to make me breathe better. What's wrong with my lungs? Like, this is stupid. Anxiety is not a thing. Anxiety is not a thing. I don't even know. Like, that was such a word that you don't use. Like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I was so mad when I got out there. I'm like, oh, great. So now I still can't breathe. And she's telling me I have something that's okay. You know, like, that's literally what you wanted something more tangible. You're like, no, like, yeah, this feels horrible. Um, I'm like, mom, I can't even sleep at night. Um, so then I ended up getting prescribing anxiety medication and it got better. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I mean, I saw a counselor and stuff too, but I I ended up having to do that. And I was like, wait, she was right. Like this is anxiety. So then that happened and, and it just shows how stigmatized the word mental health was and how I felt like almost embarrassed that this is what they're diagnosing me with. Um, so then college came and then it got worse and I just couldn't breathe again after my injuries. And I was like, Oh my God, like the medicine's not working. So we had to up my dosage. And then I really, it just took off for me because there were countless nights where I cry myself to sleep. And I just, I thought to myself, I'm like, I wish that people knew that it's okay to not be okay. Like, I wish I didn't hold that in or feel afraid to tell people that I, I'm, I have anxiety or 
being scared to go talk to my, I don't want people to know that I'm doing this. I don't want people to know I'm getting counseling. Like I, that really hit home for me when I kept getting hurt and I know the impact that it has. You put your life and soul into this sport. If you're at this level, if you're at any level, you care so much and to have that taken away from you, it's hard on anyone to cope with that. And I think having people that are in your corner and know what you're going through is super beneficial. And just realizing you don't have to go through everything alone. Like there are people in your corner and there are people that are going to help you. And I felt like I did everything on my own because I didn't think people understood. And I I didn't, and I didn't. And at the time, no one really did. I mean, it wasn't talked about and I kind of dealt with my own issues. And then when I, uh, I took a really hard stance after the Morgan's message, um, came out, I had immediately emailed uh, her mother and was like, I need to get involved in this. Like, this is like a calling for me. And um, that's when I really took off, like to the point where I'm like, I'm in a good place right now mentally with my injuries. Shockingly, don't know how after I just tore my ACL. But now I want to, I always say helping others is selfish because while you're helping others, you're helping yourself whether you know it or not. So I always like, Oh, I'm being selfish today because I'm helping others. And everyone's like, what? I'm like, yeah, because it's helping me at the same time. And I mean, that's kind of one of the cool things about it is like, sometimes you inspire yourself while inspiring others. Mm -hmm. I totally, totally agree with that. Um, so was kind of when you heard about Morgan's message, we love our friends over at Morgan's message. Great, great, um, foundation. Um, was that kind of like the flip of switch where you're like, I don't need to do this on my own. I can admit that I'm struggling or like, yeah, like I totally agree in the sense of like, I'm very like, oh, I don't need help. Like I'm fine. Like I, I don't need to open up about it, but then it kind of leads to this like explosion. Like you're just holding it all in. And then you're like, I need to get an outlet out of this. So was that kind of like the flip of switch and where you started taking like mental health more being like an open thing? Yes, for sure. I, um, admit opened up and was vulnerable about myself not that I wasn't before then like I would tell people if they like talked about it but now I'm like I will literally tell you this is what I'm on this is what happens to me on a day-to-day basis and this is what I've gone through I am not afraid to talk about how I struggle with eating at some points I'm not afraid to talk about those things because so many people are and they think that no one can relate to them so I think once the Morgan's message thing took off and I like literally felt like uh, calling for myself I was like I'm gonna open up I'm going to talk about everything because at the time I didn't realize how many people did look up to me in the lacrosse world. I kind of just thought like, I'm the girl that's always been hurt. And then like, when I started getting playing time, people like started doing all these stories on me. And then I realized, Oh my God, like a lot of people do know who I am and I can help them. And then that's when I was like, this is a blessing. Like what I went through is a blessing. Like I now can help other people that have gone through what I've gone through and, and through that Morgan's message, it's just like, it's a win-win. I mean, to be a part of something so amazing and what they have done and being able to promote it on a bigger level, just for me, I was like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. I, you hit on something I really like have grown to like find, like, this is one of my morals. Like if you are the type of person that has the natural ability to be vulnerable and to be willing to open up, like some people are just naturally like that. Like if someone asks me what my problems are, but like, oh yeah, like all this, like I'm a, I'm a mess, like literally. And some people aren't like that, but I feel empowered enough to explain my shit to people that I'm like, okay, like vulnerability is like the root of change. Like vulnerability is where you're going to create this environment that feels safe and it feels comforting and relatable 
And if you have the power and willingness to do that, like I'm like a huge, like do it, like own your shit, make your mess, your message. That's like my mantra, like in life. And I just think like, that is awesome that you were able to come to the point where you're, you were like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna be open about it. And the second you are open about it, you realize how much it actually will help people. And like the less judgment you receive, like it's terrifying at first. Oh, for sure. And I think that that was a big thing about my personality is I'm super outgoing, like super outgoing and super after my freshman year of college, I became very in tune with who I was as a person and not changing myself to fit in. I think, you know, at first I was kind of like, all right, I gotta do this like athlete. I am the most girly girl ever. Like I love like fashion. I love these things. And I was trying to be as authentic as I could. And I think sometimes it's to a fault. I think I overshare a lot. Like I hold nothing. I am an open book. Like you will know I'm never lying to you because I, I physically am like, if you ask me the, the truth, I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life. Like I would tell my mom's like, you don't need to share with everyone what's going on with you. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't mean to, but I just kind of came out. I'm just, I'm so vulnerable with myself and expressing to people that things happen. Like I can give you an example. I recently went through a breakup and um, everyone's like, how did you get broken up with? And I'm like, at first I was like, that is so embarrassing that I'm the one that got broken up with. I'm like, that's so embarrassing. But then I'm like, wait, no, it's not. Like this happens to so many people. Be honest and open about it. Yeah, this happened to me. It sucks, but I'm here and I'm getting through it and I will be a better person because of it. And that's in relationships with friends. That's in relationships with boys. That's in relationships with, you know, your athletic trainers, your coaches. It's, it's in life that you go through these things and you have to be honest and never look at things of people judging you, you know? And if they want to judge you for that happening to you, then that's on them. That's never on you as a person. And that's like the biggest thing I take away is like, I'm open. I'm not going to sit here and act like things didn't happen to me that they did. Yeah. You are like speaking my language right now. Like I, everything you just said, I'm like, yes. Like I, we're the same wavelength as people. Like I always say like, if you mess up or like, if you do some like shady stuff or like you're a mess, like I'll have more respect for you if you just own it, like just own it like I will if you try to hide it try to like put on this persona of like oh no like I didn't do that or like I'm great like I'm like no like I'll, I'll call you out on your bs right now like I totally agree and like just owning who you are and like being confident in that and like like I literally am the most embarrassing person ever but like I'll just be like yeah I did that like people be like did you do that I'm like yep yes <laughs> I did <laughs> and what are you gonna do about it like <laughs> totally um love it so more into like specific of like generalizing the struggles of an injury with mental health like what I think it's something that's like okay you're rehabbing your body you're rehabbing this part of your but you also have to rehab your mind so overall if you just want to give us like a little spiel of like what it it what injury can do to your overall mental health so I think injury can have as bad as it as an injury will sound, I think it can have one of the most positive outcomes in your entire life. And I think when it originally happens, it's really hard to see that, like super hard to see that. But the biggest thing I always did, and I mean, like usually people have like one injury, so like they only have to do it once, but I had to do it like seven times. <laughs> so the biggest thing that I would always do is I would sit down after I got hurt and I would write down, this is what happened. So this is my trial. I tore my ACL. And then I'd write, what is the opportunity in this trial? What can I find out of what happened to me that is going to make me better? Because with every trial in your life, like I said, whether it's a breakup, a loss of a friendship, 
injury, whatever, there is a blessing in disguise. And whether you don't see it in the moment, you will. And you'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, I was right. So I had to keep reminding myself of this. Like I remember the first time I was like, why did I have to have four surgeries to play? Then when I came back, I was like, I'm a way better player. I have a greater appreciation. I've matured a lot more and I'm a better person than I was before. Not that I was a bad person, but more mature and more um, just grateful for life. Mm-hmm. And so then when the second one happened, I'm like, oh my goodness, what could be the possible opportunity in another ACL? And then the mental health, my own brand, um, how I branded myself, help other people. There you go. That's the opportunity. And I would not change it for a thing. And so that's what I tell myself every time you have to find, yes, injuries will take a huge toll on your mental health, but that is only if you focus on the negative and it will take a toll on your mental health, no matter what, don't get me wrong, but it will really help if you start to change your mindset into this sucks into what can I get out of this? Be selfish in your injury. What can you get out of it? You know? I like that. Be selfish in your injury. I think that that's awesome. And like, I totally agree in the sense of like, I called the last year of my life, like the wake up call I needed. Like I needed to be like the universe to be like, yo, like get, get your shit together. Like, let's do this. Like, this is a gateway to this opportunity. Like if you had told me two years ago, I was going to be sitting on this podcast. Like I would have been like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But like, I needed, I needed the wake up call. And like, I needed that. And I think it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like what, like, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but if someone was like, would you change the past year of your life? I would say absolutely not. Like never. Like, I don't know if that would, I don't know if you would change, but like, no. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Everyone's like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you, I'm like, no, because you know what? I tell everyone this, I say, when you walk away from college across, it doesn't matter how many goals you score, how many games you played in. What matters is if you inspire people along the way. And because that will, you'll take with you forever. No one's going to remember the 2021 game when you played Virginia Tech and how many goals. You, no one's going to remember that. No one is. But they're going to remember who you were as a person. And I think that that's something that you can take away from it and me. Like people know us as a person outside of the sport of lacrosse, which is just truly something that I feel so blessed to have that opportunity. Yeah. I love that. And like, I think that's a perfect segue into talking about person and player identity. I think we're right now in the midst of like a really good shift in the lacrosse world. And also just like athletes in general, like you're no longer just a lacrosse player. You're, you're a person. People are seeing you on social media. They're seeing you do these like media intakes and kind of like getting your voice out there and getting your message out there. So I would love to dive into how you kind of had to face this like other identity when lacrosse was taken away from you. Yeah, I think that's something that's super important. I try to tell every kid that I coach, every person I talk to, girls that are struggling in lacrosse, always find an identity outside of lacrosse because lacrosse is not your identity. Your sport is not your identity. I remember watching Trevor Lawrence have this um, press conference when he was talking and someone was like, oh, you just won the national championship. Like you have to be so blessed and like football's giving you so much. And he literally stopped them right there. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. Football is not my identity. My identity is in the Lord and my identity is in my religion, whatever it may be for you. And he's like, and that for me is what my identity it relies in. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to play football on this level and the opportunity for everything that I've been given, but that's not my identity. It is not my worth. My worth does not come from my sport. And I think that a lot of times, that's like the hardest struggle for girls 
especially when they're done playing, their whole identity for four years was all, I'm this star lacrosse player. Well, then that door closes and there's not much more after that. There really isn't. And then people start to struggle and have an identity crisis. And I think, you know, while you're in school, finding things to transition yourself it slowly but surely will help you so much in the end. And I think obviously getting hurt for me was that was kind of my wake up call because I didn't even realize I was at, because I've always been super driven. Like I want to be a broadcaster, but then I realized, my whole freshman year, I was like, I wasn't doing anything to be a broadcaster. Like I was so invested in lacrosse, which is great, but it's also like, what am I doing? I'm here for school. Now when I got hurt, I just put, you know, I was like, let's go. Like, I got to find things to do. I got to find things to do. And then I started transitioning into uh, my fifth year, which was actually on air doing sports broadcasting. And it was great because whenever I was having a bad day at lacrosse, I would go to uh, Newhouse and I'd be like, I'm doing so well broadcasting. This is amazing. And that to me, I was like, well, this is my future. But then whenever I was having a bad day broadcasting, I would go let it out playing lacrosse. You can have that balance, but you have to have two things. And one of these things is going to carry you for the rest of your life. And one of these things is going to, is a short period of time. It's a great period of time and it's amazing, but it's so short. You have to prepare yourself for the future. It'll make you that much happier. And lacrosse can always be a part of your life, but it's not your life. Mm-hmm. And it's not your worth. Your worth does not come from a sport. It's just, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Do you think if you hadn't gotten injured at all that your worth, you would have put more pressure on your worth in lacrosse? I think that's uh, hard to say. It would, for me personally, it would depend on more playing time. Like if I wasn't playing or getting playing time, I think I would have put more of my effort into um, school because um, that's really what would matter. And I would be like, I'm done beating myself up about uncontrollables but I think if I was playing a lot which I was when I got came back so say I was playing as much as I did when I came back but I wasn't hurt I think I would have put a lot more into lacrosse I think since I got hurt and I already had that foundation built and then I got playing time I knew where to put it in its place if that makes sense Mm -hmm. totally yeah Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense um so I know like they're, I mean, as athletes, we always like want to be winning. We want the playing time and like, like, it's amazing that you were getting playing time, especially after everything you've been through. So where did you find that balance of being like, I want to be like a great athlete. I want to be a great teammate. I want to be really like on a successful program. I mean, Syracuse is highly, highly successful, um, but also being like, okay, but that's not all of me. Like you want to still be like that really competitive athlete but also like like you said like not putting your whole worth into it yeah I remember having this actual conversation with my assistant coach um Caitlin DeFleece we were talking one day and she was like because I was like really just kind of beat up because like I had that competitive nature like as every athlete does and she was saying she was like I know it's I know you as a person and she was like it's gotta be hard just not getting that competitive fire out and when she said it to me it really resonated I was like yeah, that's what it is. It's the opportunity to compete for something. But then, like I said, when I got into Newhouse and I realized that becoming a good broadcaster is almost like a trade, just like lacrosse is, I was realizing that every day I could fight to be a better version of myself academically. And that was competition in itself. So I think when I started transitioning my focus like that and saying, okay, let's let my competitive attitude out broadcasting. I want to be the best one on air today. I want to do that. And then when I started doing that, then I kind of put 
in its place, if that makes sense. And then when I got to come back to the lacrosse, I was like, oh, great. Now I have two ways to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then I want to dive into just your overall passion for mental health. We've already like talked about this a good amount, but um, I just think like, where do you stand with being an advocate for mental health? Like, why do you think these conversations are so important, especially today? And like, how are you using your own platform to um, show that you are an advocate for mental health? Yeah, so I recently started my own brand, my own company, and it's um, called Pursuit of Positivity, which you had introduced earlier. And I really had a calling. I swear to you, I know it sounds weird, but I back in, oh, I think February, I was like, one day I called my mom and I was like, I want to start my own sweatshirt brand. And I was like, well, you don't have the funds for that. And I'm like, okay. So like, I let it go. I let it go. And then um, all of a sudden I just went and did it on my own and I took out a loan for it. And I was like, I'm doing this because I woke up one morning. I go, I have a calling from God. I'm telling you right now, I'm supposed to do this. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I ended up doing it and it kind of took off. I mean, I've sold almost 300 and it's, it's the backstage chair. It makes you different because that's something I am a firm believer in. That's my, one of my favorite quotes ever is like, we are all different individuals and you need to cherish what makes you as a person individual because you don't have to act like every other person. So that's something I really loved. And then on the sleeve of them has a QR code to mentalhealth.gov. So you can scan it. Um, but so then when I took a really hard stance on, um, mental health, I made this Instagram page and all of a sudden I'm getting, I mean, moms from that, their daughters have just torn their ACLs reaching out to me and saying, can I give you a call? I don't know them, but I want to be there for them because I understand how stressful and overwhelming it can be. I had girls from all different colleges reaching out to me and I'm like, I will call you whenever I'll make an effort to have a conversation just to talk. I will give you my list of podcasts. I'll give you my list of books that I like. And it started to help people. And then just, you know, it was crazy when I would get random DMs that be like this long paragraphs of people talking about how inspiring, how much I helped them. And I was like, it made me burst into tears because I'm like, I guess I just was doing it out of the kindness of my heart and out of something I'm passionate about was never looking for anything in return. And when I did get that, I was like, wow, like I knew that this is my calling because I'm helping people. And I don't know. It was just an awesome, like a great feeling to know that my struggles were for a better purpose for other people. I would never, you know, go back and say, I wish I didn't have struggles because without my struggles, I wouldn't have been able to support other people and they wouldn't have had that support. So mental health is just something that's so close to my heart because I went through it and felt alone. And now, you know, it's great to know that people don't feel alone. And I see when I see girls doing better and they're like, I'm doing a lot better now. I'm like, that's what I wanted. Like that is the end. That's the win for me, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, This is like something I've really struggled with a lot. So I really want to hear your perspective on this question. I still haven't figured it out yet. I literally have this conversation with like all my friends. Do you think this, like what you went through was supposed to happen to you specifically? I do. I actually, I really do. Because I have always been it's hard because I've always been the really goal-driven kid that in high school was like, I was going to go to division one. I'm working hard. You know, girls were not nice to me because they were like, Oh, she's playing division one and like hated me for it. Cause they weren't. But in reality, I was the one busting my butt and trying to get there. I wasn't out doing all these other things that I shouldn't have been doing. You know, that was just my personality. And I never, um, it always would bother me. Cause I would be like, why are these people being mean to me? Like, why is this happening to me? I'm just trying to be the best version of what I want for myself. And so I remember all that happening and I was like, you know, it was hard. It was really hard mentally. And then when I got to college, I just kind of was like, okay, like 
I knew I was always a big, you know, in my hometown, people looked up to me as an inspiration. But then when this happened, I think my ability to communicate in a positive um, way was something that was on my side. And like the fact that I am a broadcasting major and know how to tell a story without being uncomfortable or even seem uncomfortable. That's something that you, it's hard. Sometimes people have gone through a lot, but it's hard to talk to them about it because they, they don't know how to quite communicate it. And I just truly feel like, like I said, I'm a firm believer in God and he had this plan for me and this was his plan. And I'm so blessed to have a great impact on other people through his plan. Like I, this is what he wrote out for me and yeah, it sucked a lot of the time, but now looking back, I'm like, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And I think like as humans, like we find a lot of comfort in reasoning and like trying to be like, okay, like like I relate to the sense where you're like, I woke up one day and you're like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, this is my calling. I relate to that so hard. Like one day I woke up, I was like, I'm starting a podcast. Like, this is it. And like, weirdly enough, like, I don't know if, how you feel about this with your whole like advocacy, but like, I personally like strongly believe like starting this podcast, starting this like way to reach out to other people, hear their stories, express my story even it like, it saved me in the weirdest way. Like it literally saved me. And I just think that is I think I just relate to that. Like, I don't know. You just remind me of myself a lot. Like vice versa. I'm just like, I get it. Like, I'm like, I sound crazy, but I was like, this is what, like, I know I was supposed to have some sort of platform and it just needed to happen. And this is the way it's happening, but like, whatever. Um, Because I say that to my mom too. I was like, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be famous someday. I'm I'm not like famous, but like, You know, but in the lacrosse world, I have a platform and I'm like, if this is the way it had to happen, it had to happen. I'm still <laughs> my goals on being on ESPN. But what I will say is that as of right now, I am my own celebrity in my own way. And I did do what I told my mother I was going to do when I was younger. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone will like, come up. I'm like, yes, like this is I like famous. Yeah. Like I literally was like, people are like, what do you want to do with um sports media? I was like, fame. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and they're like, okay like that's a good answer I'm like I'll do it you'll watch um I love it I love that um going back to your brand pursuit of positivity um if people want to look it up get a sweatshirt they're really cute they come in really cute colors I want the lavender one personally but um uh give us the lowdown of like how to reach it where to buy one um and it's it's really cute you guys I promise um, yeah, so they are on my Instagram at shop for student positivity. And on the Instagram, there will be a link in the bio that you click on that link and you can fill out the color, size, crew neck, or hoodie. And then I place an order. It takes about two to three weeks and then I ship them out priority. So they come within two to three days. So I do all the shipping and all of that myself. And um, I'm giving back proceeds to Morgan's message. I'm just trying to get all my ducks in a row because it is kind of new from August is when I started it. So love it. Everyone check it out. Um, all right. So now we'll just go into some closing questions, you know, basic like advice pieces, um, for anyone's listening. Um, so the first one is if you could give advice for someone who wants to help and be there for their injured teammate, what would you want to say to them? Like what helped you? I feel like this is kind of like the flip side of it. Um, it, cause we talk a lot about like injury and like how overcoming that but like how do you be a good teammate for someone who is injured I think you know that's a great question because I think a lot of times what happens is like when people get injured it's not I always would tell people this everyone cares for the first however many days and then 
as a natural, not that this is a bad thing, as a natural part of life, people move on. Someone takes your starting spot. And next thing you know, you're off to the side. I think one of the things that I always prided myself on was my ability to reach out to these people even when I was playing. When I came back, every time I ran over to get water, I'd run over to the injured people and chit chat with them. And be like, how's your day going? Like, what are you guys up to? All right, I'll be right back. And then I would go play and I'd come back over and talk to them. Keep them included. I think that that's just so extremely important. And it's like realizing that your life isn't the only life. You know, like you have to be aware of your surroundings and especially when you've been through an injury, even if you haven't, just know that you're incredibly blessed to never have been in through an injury. So you should treat the people that have gone through hardship with great, you know, kindness and awareness of your surroundings. And that's something that I really prided myself on. I was like, I would go out of my way to make sure that they were doing okay. Yeah. I totally agree in the sense of like people are more aware you get the edible arrangements, you get the blankets, right? At the first like month or two. And then after that, everyone's like, all right, good. good. Moving on. I totally agree with that. And like, personally, like I could do better at that, like checking in on people when the injury could have been like five months ago, six months ago. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously if you could offer a piece of advice for someone who has or is struggling through an injury currently or in the past. I think if you're struggling through an injury right now, like I had talked about a little bit earlier, it's just really try to focus on every positive you can find. And I know, I know, I know sometimes it's so hard, but at the end of the day, that's, what's going to keep you motivated. You know, if you focus on the negative, you're going to not motivate yourself. You're not going to come back to play where you want to be. If you focus on the positive and look at it as like, well, this was supposed to happen to me. It was written out for me. This is exactly where I should be at this time. Nothing was done to me. This isn't a self-pity situation. This is like, it was supposed to happen. If you transform your mindset, I get it. You're going to have days of like, why me? You're going to have those days. But snapping out of it, being like, all right, tomorrow is a new day. I'm going to walk into tomorrow with a positive attitude and know that I will come back. And I'm going to come back a better player. And it's kind of exciting to see where you can get from where you start. I take it as like a brand, uh, it's like a, a beginning. You know, when I tore my ACL, I'm like, all right, what player can I be now when I come back? How can I impress people with how much I've gotten better at stick work or how much I've gotten better at dodging? Like, I'm going to bust my butt. You can take it as almost like a game, like make it a game and, and inspire yourself along the way. You've got to get out of the negative mental health because when you get sucked into that, it just drains you. And then when you come back, it's going to keep draining you. And, you know, I think for me, I just kept grinding and kept positive, even when things weren't going my way. And I would always try to find the silver lining in things, even when it got tough. And I still continually try to do that with life. So, yeah, I love it. Love. That's such a great mindset. And I think a lot of people can get a little like nugget of wisdom from that um so I think one thing that I like I literally wrote this question as you were talking because I was like I just need to know because like your energy is like immaculate um so how do you stay so grounded in like who you are and like taking pride in that and like just knowing your worth yeah so that's actually a great great question because I think I do I'm very confident in my worth as a person but I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say that I haven't struggled with my identity or am I worth, especially, I think I'm a type of person that wears my heart in my sleeve and I'm super emotion open with my emotions. And I am very truly authentic to myself. And like, if 
I'm into fashion. I'm going to post that Instagram picture. I don't care if people make fun of me. I used to literally be so embarrassed. Like I can't post a selfie. Like, I'm like, why do I think that? You know, like, and now I'm like, I post whatever, whenever I don't care what people think. If you want to judge me, if you want to send it in your group chat to your friends, Nick, oh my gosh, this girl's so extra. Okay. At least you're talking about me. You know, like, I don't care what it is. You know what I'm saying? But I will say that I did, I, I did struggle with my worth after a bad breakup. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh no, it was, it was, I knew I was Morgan Alexander. I knew I had this worth. No, I struggled with it. And it's still a work in progress every single day to realize what you deserve in this world. And I think about, like I said, I'm coping, I'm doing things to better myself. I'm reading my Bible. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm journaling and I'm trying, I'm taking the the steps that I need to, to be in a better place. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times, like I, I know people that I am very confident in myself as a person, but I do get down on myself. And, and that's like, the big thing is like life throws a lot of twists and turns at you. Like a job you thought that you were going to get and you, you were set on it. Something falls through. Then I'm just upset. Like, and that's okay, but it's like finding ways to cope with it. And I think I've done a decent job at that. I'm going to say that like, I'm not perfect. I, you know, I've not handled some situations to the best of my ability, but in in the overall aspect of life, I would say I've handled it pretty well. And I think you have to continually give yourself those small wins. Like if you negative, not negatively react, but like react in a way that is not how you wanted to react in the moment, you can't sit there and beat yourself up about it. You just have to know that tomorrow's a new day and you can correct that. That's something that I just like, I wish I would have a couple months ago, wish I would have just embraced more like I it's never too late to you know find a better way and and to get better from here and realize your worth yeah and I think like being grounded in who you are and being so sure of like who you are what your morals are and like like what you just who like the person that you um are like deep down inside is like being willingness to admit that like you messed up or like willingness to like own that you're not like at the best and like I think like that is a whole different side of like oh you're thinking of like this person's so grounded but like there's a whole different side of being grounded is also just being like okay yeah my life is not together and like owning that side of you too and being authentic about it like Mm -hmm. I know like that's what people always say about social media some people's lives seem so put together in reality they could be falling apart I'm not saying my life's falling apart but I will be honest in saying that I have not handled every situation in my life to the best of its ability and I take full ownership for that and I know that I have found ways but like I said when I screwed up doing you know lashing out about someone being mean to me or a breakup or whatever and not handling it right but then when I said okay this, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I could go back, but you can't go back. Same as an injury. You can't go back. So let's take the opportunity from him. What am I going to learn from what I did? And I won't do that again. Right? Like, so you have to find that like silver lining in, in situations that you might not handle the best. Cause we are human. We are going to make mistakes. That's just the bottom line. You can be the most grounded person in the world and still make mistakes. And I think that that's something that I always struggle with because I am so grounded that when I would make a mistake, I would just be devastated because I'm like, why did I do that? Like, that's not Morgan Alexander. Like Morgan Alexander doesn't act like that. Like, why did she do that? But we all have feelings and we all have things that are going to set us off and things that are going to bother us. It's just how you react and how you get better from the from day after that. That's what is really matters. You know, cause I always say a mistake. If you do something one time, it's a mistake. If you continue to do it, that's a choice. And so for me, it's like, all right, I will never, when I get into a new relationship, when I get into this, I'm not going to do this again you know, and that's a choice. 
when you do it the first time, okay, that's a mistake. Continually, that's just your choices. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, next question is just a general question. What is one thing about mental health you wish people or society understood better? That it is a sickness. And just as much as you get attention for physical health, health, if you go in and break your ankle, everyone's gonna be like, oh, she broke her ankle. It's, you know, it's the same thing with mental health. If you have anxiety, it should be treated exactly the same. It's not, there's no difference. It's still health. That's the number one takeaway that people need to understand. Because coming from someone that literally couldn't breathe and thought that they had something wrong with them, that turned into something physical. So just emphasizing the importance of, never downplaying something because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, right. When you answer that question, you're like, it's a sickness. And like, some people are like, Ooh, that's like a big word. Like, no, it's actually like the, the person is sick, like in mentally, like it's just a different type of sickness, but it's still the person is sick in one way or another. Um, totally agree with that. Um, and then this is the last question that I'm starting to ask every guest that comes on. What is one thing you are working on or trying to better yourself in? Well, I'm trying to better myself in, like I talked about earlier, um, recognizing my worth um, as a person and what I can give to other people that I let into my life for a long period of time. Like recognizing that I am who I am and not getting, like I have my principles in life, things that I value. Like I value A, B, and C a lot. I'm not going to give those up for someone because that's not recognizing my worth. And um, that's something that I wish that, that I know I'm going to work on. And I think everything, like, like we've talked about earlier, it's all learning lessons. It's things that you have to go through in life, but I will never give up something that means so much to me to try to make something work. When in reality, that's just, just like, that's just not giving myself the worth that I deserve. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is such a great answer. Um, well, that's all I have for you. Thank you so, so much for coming on. You're so authentic. You're so vulnerable, really just giving us all the wisdom. And I know so many people are going to get something really, really good out of this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope everyone learned a lesson today. And if you have any questions and want to buy a sweatshirt, please reach out. Yes, reach out, get a sweatshirt. Morgan, your energy is actually unmatched. Um, <laughs> I love it. Everyone needs to channel their inner Morgan. Thank you all for listening, and I really hope you all enjoyed this episode. Have a